Okay. Okay. Wait. Yes. What do we do now? Welcome. This is the house of... Yes. What? (laughs) (laughs) The Bushwick Dance Club? Which is so good. Someday we'll all go. We'll all go back. It'll be great. Um, I'm in no mood to start this podcast now. I'm so sorry. That's Uh, my fault. I just want to be dancing. I want that. We'll get it. We'll get it. But for now, what we'll get is the sweet dance of alcohol in our mouth caves. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the podcast is canceled. It's canceled. We're done. There's no more. Thank you. Thanks all for listening. Thanks, Bye. Hey friends, and welcome back to Don't Drink and Dungeons and Dragons, or Don't D&D and D for short. It is I, your, I guess, venerable now, honorable mm-hmm. judge, DM, mm-hmm. Jason yep, Miyamoto. It. Here yep. I am. Uh, and then our, just, I don't know, our play, you, player. You can give yourself I'm some player. fun adjectives, Hannah. Your... Your... Dweebish. Oh. Your... Droop waffle-esque. That's very funny because I was going to say Swedish. You're Swedish. You're Swedish. Swedish, You're not Swedish. What if it was just like very like real descriptors? (laughs) Like your brown haired player, (laughs) Hannah Tobias is here. That's it. That's it. That's it. Your small digited Russian player. Small digited. Oh, wow. We are on some We're, kind of roll. This is bad. I think we have to redo that. <laughs> nope, it's staying I'm in now. now. Now we're in. I'm serious. In for no. a penny, in for a pound. That's how we do it here on uh, Don't D&D. I give you an inch, you take a kilometer. <laughs> I don't know why we switched to the metric system halfway through that, but okay. We should have switched to the metric system halfway through our country's existence, well, but that's did true. we know? No, 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 because, you know, America the failed experiment. Oh, absolutely. But Yike. on that note, um, Hannah, it is my favorite and also least favorite time of the hour. Time on a tradition. See, I think we need theme songs for all of the parts. Time on a tradition. Oh my God, as if my contributions weren't enough. You haven't accepted one of the shot bowls yet. I've been judging them quite fairly, I would say. If you accept a shot bowl, we can... We can move on. Yeah, we can switch to making a time-honored tradition theme song. Okay, maybe sometime (laughs) soon. And then we have to do a percentile theme song. So we've got a lot of theme songs to get underway here. Oh my God, a percentile theme song. I feel like that needs a theme song more than Time Honor Tradition, but that might just be me. The percentile one? Yeah. yeah because it, it mostly slips on, it slips under the radar. Time Honor Tradition is first. It can't really slip under the radar. The percentile We like know one, it. We're, we've been with it for a while. Percentile also doesn't like roll off the tongue that well. I feel like we need like a, no, a better doesn't. name, better hook, grab them. The em. double dice toss back. The Cheers. double dice toss back. Cheers. Clink. That vodka was not as cold as I wanted it to be. But actually, it was the easiest shot I've taken on this podcast. Really? (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, are you ready for your... Is it my turn? No, it's your turn. I definitely went first with the sax last time. Okay, let's hold our horses. We just (gasps) spoke about it. I'm sorry. We know what's next. There we go. What? Sorry, sorry, what? sorry, sorry, what? sorry, 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 sorry. What? Sorry, sorry. what? <laughs>
and got a false start there. It's really quiet is the okay. problem. Okay. I'll really open my ear holes. Don't worry. You'll open your ear holes. That's fine. Hi, my name's Gordon Ramsay. Welcome to Shock Bowl. What? Perfect way to start the day. Shock Bowl. Fantastic. Okay, I'm sorry, was that, was that world-renowned chef Gordon Ramsay saying, welcome to Shotball? How did you do that? I sampled him out from several YouTube videos. I sampled him out saying... Is that legal? Is that liable? Like, can we get sued for really that? I'm not really sure. Me I neither. did take it from three different interviews, so it is maybe liable. Um, oh certainly slanderous, my. but uh, wow! So, there you go. Wait, I'm a hundred percent obsessed with that. <laughs> Fuck, that's good. I also d- made sure to distort his voice in most locations so that <laughs> so that you know it his introduction be found by sonic signature, <laughs> but his introduction of himself. <laughs> that's true. Might. Is <laughs> I suppose we could take that out. No, it's so good. <laughs> Hi, Fuck. I'm Gordon Ramsay, and welcome to Shot Bowl. It's so good. It took me so long to find a version where he said bowl, where the word bowl didn't go up. Oh. He always says bowl like bowl, uh, and it just did not work. I kind of also like welcome to Shot, Shot bowl. bowl. We're not sure. <laughs> we honestly we aren't sure, but you know um, we do what we can. That's incredible. I'm rating that two Michelin stars out of. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay. I don't know. Like that. Fuck. That was great. Okay. Hannah. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Uh-huh. There are 10 basic actions that can be taken in combat. Okay. I need you to name me at the very least eight of them. Um, is this like, okay. Is it something like, Close range, me- is it like melee attack? Even more basic. Fight. Like, what? how basic? Okay, some some people might call like that attack, which is one. Attack, sure. Okay, one. Attack. Uh-huh. Spell. Okay, But that can two. be an attack. It's up to you. You call it. Well, I don't understand the level, though. Okay, so what about, like... A, a healing spell, is that different from attack? Like, heal, like, drink a potion? In... Drink something. I don't know what level you're talking about. There are 10 basic actions that you can take during combat uh, that encompass all of the actions you can take, right? Every single thing falls into one of these 10 categories. Okay. Okay. So attack, cast a spell. Okay. I'm just staring at your face like it's going to bring me something. Oh, it brings no one anything. I have no, that I have that on good authority. <laughs> um What are the other things you can do? You can attack something. You can like run. You can disengage. Okay. You can parry. No, that's part of attack maybe. I'm going to say parry because ace a lot. Um, okay. Dodge. Okay. Um, what about drinking something? Like, you, like, um, d- uh, what do you call that? Like eating or drinking, consuming something, <laughs> like doing, doing anything, tying your <laughs> shoes. 
it's an action. You're correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there is a the category, category for that, that encompasses is. all of that. I have no idea what that would be. It would be called do something. It would be called not not one of the other things here, but okay. something. Still. So we have do something as <laughs> yes. your sixth. Do something. Okay. Or like engage with a thing. Okay. Disengage and engage with a thing. You're getting closer, but I'm um, going to leave it as do something until you find more better language. Do something. Uh, hide, hide. Hide, okay. You're at seven. Jesus, I don't have anything. I barely got these. One of your answers is do something, I will say. Um, <laughs> Would you like a hint? I will take a hint. Okay, if I give you this hint, you have to take a drink. Like a big like a big drink? No, just like, like a, a drink like a from your Yeah, like a sip. Oh yeah, sure, absolutely. Um Shep can do one of these actions to aid you in help. certain things. Aid, help. Okay. okay. God, yes, that was a great hint. Just give me a synonym, lay it out there. Can you okay. do it again? Oh wait, Do you want to take another drink? Are you locking these in as your final answer? No, I'll take a drink. Let's go. Um, would you like a hint of one more or would you like a hint of one of the eight that you already have? So I'm guessing that means one of them's not right. And I'm well, one of them do is something. do something. So <laughs> um, then, yeah, go go after one of those. Um, parry is not an action. So I'm reducing you to seven. Okay. I'll take another drink. You'll give me another hint. Oh my God. Okay. At some point, we're just going to hit the shot minimum. But all right. Yes, but you forget that this is vodka limeade and the other thing, the shot would be fireball. So. I don't know why you're doing that to yourself. Okay. Um, the eighth that you are missing is a huge one that oh, you Jesus. have already That's... kind of, you've already kind of spoken about a little. It was very quick. It was very short. Was it in the do something category? No. Um, when you were kind of Grapple? talking about like more, like you were like, I don't know what entails the big things. Um, you can think, I, I would say my hint is think about the other things you do during your turn and that might help. I start, I hit things, that's attack. Then I stop. No, then I dash, then I dash, dash. Okay. Wait, take the dash, take the dash action. No, you can use your action to double your movement, which is dashing, which okay. is a dash action. That's eight. What do you want to, do you want to talk about, uh, do I something? I don't know. I'm going to keep do something in there. It's, I feel that must be one of the categories. It's just called something different and I'll just pray for your semantic, uh, lenience. Well, <laughs> since you took multiple drinks during that, I will take the shot. I will give that to you. <gasps> there yes, you are. Yes. I'm Congratulations. very happy. I never get it right. Do something is also referred to as object interaction. Interact with an object or use an object. Oh, use an object. Okay. Yeah. Use an object. Um, so the two that you missed was were search. So you can like look for something or like try to get um, a better read on something and ready, ready in action. So when but you, readying an action isn't an action. Readying an action is readying an action. Well, technically it uses your reaction to do, but you're using your action, right? So you're saying, I'm taking my action. I, I'm in, I'm saying there's an if then clause. So like 
taking my action. It's not going to happen right now. I'm readying something. And then later, if your uh, condition is met, then it happens. It is still considered an action. I see, because you can't ready an action and do an action. Right, exactly. You're using your turn or your action to ready an action. Fishy, sticky, fishy, but, you know. But it's good. (laughs) It it makes sense. It makes sense. Well, on that note, cheers. (gasps) Cheers. Join me. Join me. I didn't eat enough is all I'm going to say already. I know I did not eat enough before this. I mean, I just ate as we started drinking, so it's going to be a fun ride. Woo! All Um, right. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Got to get this right. I cannot take, again, three shots in a row before we even start. Okay. In the monster index. Yikes. Uh Uh-huh. The top from, from CR 20... To CR oh, thirty, okay, the most horrifying, powerful monsters. Uh huh. Um, five of the fifteen monsters okay. are not types of dragon. Okay. Name three of them. Um, Tarask. Yep, that's th- CR thirty, baby. Um, I think that's below CR twenty. Yeah, because I don't think that I think that's CR nineteen is a planetar. Um, but Ooh. what's above a planetar? It's like so so solarsis. No, it's um, <gasps> it's uh-huh. it's something around. You're it's like very close. something about sol sol. Damn it! Ugh. I what wish- I'll say for that is quit while you're ahead, because great. I'll say so solarsis. Just Solaris. solar. I'm gonna give oh, that to you. Oh, a solar. Though. Oh, a solar, a solar. Obviously. Um, and that. Thank Is you. Is that obvious? <laughs> Help. <laughs> well, those are the celestials. So I'm trying to think of like a, That's two. a demon or a devil that is a high CR. Pit fiends aren't high enough. What's the like? Uh, Balgora is also not high enough. It's. Um, oh. This is a monster, not a demon. Oh wait, I'm confused. Not a specific demon. This is like type of monster. Oh, interesting. Not like Golorg the Great. Like this is no, no, a- no, no, no. But the the like a pit fiend is a kind of demon. Okay, no, a sure, 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 sure. is a kind of demon. A bone sure, devil sure, is a sure, kind sure, of. Sure, 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 sure. Um, okay, so th- those are also on this list. Oh, they're higher like than those. Those things are. They're not. I'm not saying. They're, those aren't. Those are higher than CR twenty. Any of them for. I can neither confirm nor deny that. Uh, if anything, it's a pit fiend is higher than CR twenty. That's. I the will need you to to submit an answer officially. Great. Do you want a hint I before you do? Valgur s- is too low. Bone Devil, no, because they fought a Bone Devil and a Pit Fiend, but they did fight a Bone Devil after fighting a Pit Fiend, which makes me think that it might be a higher CR, but Bone Devil just sounds like not that intimidating, (laughs) like, Pit Fiend, and like, Bone Devil, (laughs) you know, Mm. like, oh my god, like, such a bony devil, like, who cares, you're made of bones. So it is one of the, it is... There, here's here's a thing. It's one of those two. Um, so I am going to say, drum roll. I'm gonna go against my gut. I'm gonna say Bone Devil. Final answer. You would be wrong. Damn, my pit, pit fiends are pit fiends are quintessential. I should have known. I mean, you you 
You went back and forth on that one. I I'm did. almost inclined to let you have it. No, I'm going to take the shot. I mean, yeah, but I'll also take one with you. Oh, what fun. What Share fun. the pain. Ugh, shall we do our percentile? I can't take more shots. Percentile. How many more shots oh, but do you I can have to and take? You will. Here we go. Ready? I'm Three, ready. Two, one. <gasps> Fucking shit. <laughs> what did you get? Did you get a hundred? I rolled it a hundred. <laughs> oh my God, Jason. This is what almost happened last week. Oh my god. I, oh my god. I, I literally will take a picture right now. It's I'm looking at all no, zeros. Zeros across the board. It. I don't want how how wait. Can the, can we just pretend that that's zero? It's not zero. Oh <laughs> well, I rolled a 20. So Oh. I have a question. I have a question. One question. How do you roll zero? What? How would you roll a zero on on those dice? Um, I would say you can't, right? Like it's one through 100. Why would you want to roll a zero in any in this way, shape or form? Well, <laughs> except instance. for right <laughs> fucking now. I got most a other by like most n- other numerical things go from one yeah. to 100. Yeah. 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 God damn. Damn it, that sucks. That's really joyful. Well, at least you only rolled a 20. I only rolled a 20. I'm going to be wasted before we even start this. <laughs> I need you to be wasted. No. This is my plan because I need to beat this fucking gloop monster. And I need you to be just wildly thrown by my tactics. Okay, yeah, surprise me, motherfucker. Drink. <laughs> Fuck you. Okay, I'm I'm pumping myself up for this twenty per this twenty percent of a shot. Um, I feel like I need something. Can someone give me like something to rage about? Something to be like, I don't know. I feel like I can't just like take the shot because my mouth is is filling with saliva because mine is too to reject the yeah ready to reject this. Yeah, I got you. I got you. So if someone could just like give me. Yeah, I'll take a shot to this. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Let's go. Three. All right, let's go, two, Gordon. One. Woo! Honestly, anything for Gordon. Oh, that was really bad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so now it's time to get under our comfy, cozy comforters. And um, remember when Blaise, Asarna, and Felix were in this kind of cistern underneath the residential sector of the settlement in pursuit of this smell that they were tasked with finding the source of and dealing with if need be and they uh got into the cistern underneath the settlement followed the trail with some good survival checks um blaze accidentally fell into a pit of acid uh but then got themselves out with a jump spell asarna and felix jumped across asarna with a little a little a little moment of falling into the acid herself but then with blaze's rope got out of it um the gang Follow the tunnels into a larger service tunnels, tunnels that were actually supposed to be underneath the settlement, which Felix commented on, um, that led to the aquifer, the water supply beneath the settlement. Upon finding the tunnel that led straight into the aquifer with a 
gated large grate at the end, the gang saw a, some might call it a shambling mound of- Some, yes. <laughs> Hannah, that is a D&D monster, shambling mound, which is why I shambling said it like mound, that. Shambling mound, CR um, So yeah, seven? CR, mm, I don't know if it's seven, but Hannah's like Googling. She's like, no, it's seven. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm pretty sure it's seven. And Roll also 20 it's says. Um, uh, <laughs> a shambling mound of oozing, acidic sludge uh, coating a heaping mound of garbage and moss, lichen and such uh, that was seemingly making a beeline towards this aquifer. The gang engaged the shambling mound, dealing some damage, but mostly trying to just catch up to it. Blaze let off a thunder wave spell right towards the end of the tunnel, pushing the shambling mound even further away from both Blaze and Felix into the grate, which on a poor luck check, it ate straight through the iron and made its way to the precipice of falling out of this tunnel into darkness below, into what we can only assume is the aquifer beneath. And that is where we are right now. We are entering right back into initiative. Mm -hmm. Um, At the end of the Shambling Mounds turn, which I forgot last time, uh, Felix did do a blood maledict curse on it, so I need to roll a constitution save to see if it is still cursed in the future. So I'll roll a quick con save. That is a natural nine, plus three is 12. It is still cursed by Felix. You can still see the like polyps and giant like Mm. bubbles forming on its uh, mass. And that is the end of the mound's turn. Blaze, it is your turn. As your turn begins, Blaze, you and Felix are 40 feet away from the end of the tunnel where it is. You are 20 feet away from the grate that it completely ate through, but the mound has now moved 20 20 more feet. feet. So you are 40 feet away. Okay. Quick fun update about Jason's math last episode, which drunk Jason said was totally okay. Mm -hmm. You should be technically five feet back from it um, because drunkenly I gave you five extra feet, but it doesn't matter. You're 40 feet away. That's what drunk Jason DM said last time. That's what we're going with. Okay, It won't make a difference. So Exactly. Um, Asarna is 20 feet from it. She is at the grate. Under the grate. Yeah. As uh, your turn starts, Asarna says... She calls back over her shoulder. She says, um, okay, this is getting bad. Uh, I have something that if I hit it and dependent on how smart this thing is, it might not move, but that's a lot of ifs. If anyone has a better plan and Felix cuts her off and says, um, yeah, Asana, um, I've been watching it move and it looks to be... If it's like another animal, right, it's it, fight or flight would be activated when it was attacked, right? I don't know if we've done enough damage to actually engage that. It's just been so. going. I don't think so either. But um, now, look at yeah. it. Um, and Blaze, uh, if you want to either roll me a nature check or an insight check, you can do so. Insight. Go for it. 
22. Uh, and you don't need to roll with disadvantage because it's not a social situation. Insight. Hell yeah. Cool. Did you say 22? Yep. Um, what Felix is about to say, which you catch on and like as he's saying it, like your mind hits mm-hmm. it at the same time. Felix is like, um, we've carved off like half of this mounds like shit and you can see the trail of garbage has been left Mm -hmm. and now there's only like half as much sludge pulling it Mm -hmm. forward as it was Felix is like if it's gonna engage fight or flight now's the time I think if we can deal enough damage it might stop looking at us like pests and try to actually get rid of us like Mm -hmm. actually see us as threats I totally agree but I also think Yeah, I think we can't trust it to fight or flight. So honestly, I'm just going to try to cut off its flight path and hope that that pushes it toward the the fight scenario. Yeah, if you can do that, Blaze, that'd be great. I'm going to cast Moonbeam. Oh, shit. Two feet in front of the creature, the Shambling Mound, to kind of block. I want the pale light that shines down in a five-foot radius to be right in front of this creature to, in theory, both hit it at the edge of it, but also deter it from go- from continuing its forward path. Interesting. Okay. Um, is that a saving throw for me? Yes. That's a saving throw for you. Okay. What kind of saving throw? For It's a con. Cool. Here we go. This thing has pretty good con. Bring it. Okay. Here we go. Natural five plus three is eight. Yes, I knew it. Nice. Uh, okay, <laughs> okay, so deal full damage. I think it's two d ten. It is two d ten. Thank you. And that is a thirteen. Ooh, that's a lot of damage. For little old Blaze, hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, and the range, just making sure the range. It's one hundred and twenty feet. Perfect. I'm good. Amazing. So Blaze, you. You're trying to block it off. You hold your hands up. What does your uh, moonbeam look like? Perhaps it has like an amethyst core going on, mm. but it has different veins of light now. It's evolved. Ooh. It's more complex. Um, and it blasts down from above. And maybe I would love if it like carved off maybe the edge of this the lip of this precipice a little bit, like Ooh. shattered the stone right in front of the creature as well. Yeah. Go for I it. I like um, that, but I don't know. Yeah, Blaze, you raise your hands and the soft tinkling of like wind chimes at night, perhaps like your grandmother's mm. house in Bratha had little wind chimes oh, on the porch beautiful. with moonlight streaming in. You feel that resonance of those chimes in your body. You hold your hand out and this shaft of purple amethyst light shoots down right in that dark space beyond what is the end of this tunnel. And you hear the creature for the first time like balk at something. Like you hear that you can literally hear the sludge like and like this radiant column seems to almost like burn away the sludge. You can hear it evaporating super quickly right ahead of it and it fills this corridor with this beautiful purple light um, as you start shaving off parts of it and seemingly blocking its path because if I'm not wrong, moonlight stays, right? It, it does. It's concentration. It stays 
Yeah, on each, on each of my turns after I cast a spell, I can use an action to move the beam 60 feet in any direction. It's oh, fucking yeah. incredible. Um, that's great. Okay, Blaze, that's your action. <laughs> that's my good action. action. Okay, deck of... Uh, I want to use deck of cards because I always mm. forget to. But is that also... Is a weapon attack concentration? It doesn't no, have no, a no. little... No, 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 no. The only so thing... I can do it. The it's only thing spell. that are concentration are spells that cool. have that little C next to them. Then I'm doing it as this thing comes down. Oh, and that's a 22 to hit. Are you going to move closer to it before you do because otherwise it'll be dis at disadvantage because my range yes 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 i want to move 25 feet towards it which will put me at 15 feet or 20 feet either way it's within range of me so great 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 um 22 hits obviously roll damage it's 1d4 plus something five nine damage Oh my god, Blaze, that's a ton of damage in one hit, in one I'm turn. I'm not messing around, I literally, I mean, for a d4 I crit, so. Oh my god, yeah. Let's Did, go. Wow, you just rolled max damage. That's great. That's a ton of damage. Blaze, you take a card out of your deck, you unclasp the leather card holster at your hip for <sighs> the second time, I guess, now, and fling a card into it. You watch as it slices through some of the sludge and the sludge it slices through falls to the ground and leaving itself in like skid marks that almost immediately evaporate and you can see that the card almost goes straight through to some trash and you watch as the card magically vanishes in golden light and then uh, the light traces back to your deck and the card seemingly replaces itself great so that is your turn Blaze a fucking great turn I am ready. Uh, okay, great. Um, Felix runs up next to you uh, on his turn and is like, uh, all right, are we just going to try to fucking end it now? Yeah, end it now. All right, let's go. Um, and Felix is just going to do two more Eldritch Blasts like he's been doing this whole time. Here we go. Oof. Only one of them hits, as per usual. That is 11 more points of damage. That is not nothing, Felix. Uh, Felix does not have a bonus action. Um, you watch as Felix's first uh, blow goes off, his first bolt of Eldritch energy. Um, another tendril from the sludge comes out and engulfs it. And as it uh, fully engulfs the blast and pulls it back and retracts into itself, he releases a second one. It blows a chunk off of it again, and more garbage just spills out into the cavern oh, yeah. with you two. And then as his second blast hits, you see two... Two almost arms. Oh, taking up the majority of its, like physical form come out from either side of it and almost brace itself on either side of this tunnel and now that you have these two arms and a body just like ready for something Asarna is 20 feet away from it um, she turns back over her shoulder and she's like Blaze, your call, what do you want me to do? I can either try to do my thing and try to stop it from moving, but again, it's dependent on how smart this thing is, or I can just try to do as much damage as stop possible. Stop it from moving. Great. Uh, Asarna closes distance with it. 
Um, she is going to cast a spell. Oh, Jesus. Um, and she's going to roll to hit. Let's see what happens. It's only plus six to hit. She needs a nine or higher. 19 to hit. Uh, Asarna stabs with her rapier. And as she does so, that song she's been singing, you watch as the notes in midair take physical form, surround her blade with sonic force as she stabs into it. Uh, she's gonna deal or automatically 2d8 damage. She deals eight damage on her hit. All right, it is this creature's turn. Because both you and Asarna have done things to try mm-hmm. to mitigate its movement forward, I will say yeah. it gets advantage on an intelligence check to see if it is smart enough <laughs> to not continue in its path. Okay, 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 okay. 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 Right. Sure. Um, I guess. Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> because it's advantage. Uh huh. Would you like to roll one of the die and I roll the other? It has, I'm going to say, it has a minus three to intelligence, this creature. Yeah, I'll do it. And I'm setting the DC at 13. 13? 13. It needs a 16 or higher to not continue its move forward. Okay. Okay. No, you roll both. Okay. You roll both. Here we go. First roll. Jesus Christ. It's a natural one. I'm not joking. Oh my. (coughs) It's okay. It's fine. That just killed me. That just... Fully took Come me on, out. Roll again, roll again, roll I'm again. Dead. I'm sending the energy. That was a natural one. For which I will do something. I'll just take a drink, I guess. Second roll. Are you fucking kidding me? I cannot believe I let you fucking no. do this. Is it a nat 20? It is a 17, which is exactly yes! what you needed. Oh my god, and I Mother almost knocked my whole drink off the table. Fucker. Did you see my like I, fucking I watched arms? I watched a lot going on. I watched the spells being cast over the interwebs. Here's the thing is that I believe I have the power, so I, I have the power. Also maybe believe you have the power. Um that I swear to I will take a picture right now. That is a 17 on the die. Oh yes. Fucking okay. Oh no, you only need a 16. So you you passed it by one. Congratulations. Wow. Okay. Thank you. So it will not move forward this turn. Instead. Okay. Oh, good. I'm glad to start fighting. Instead. Mm, This won't be long. You watch the two arm-like tendrils slam downwards on Asarna. Oh boy. So, uh, what's her AC? Is this a trash kraken? Because I'll scream. A trackin. I'll scream into this mic right now. Um, A trashkin. A trashkin. No, I already told you what it was. Plus four to her. Oh god, she has such high AC. 
You told me it was a, what was it? A trundle trash? Ooh, 19 trash on the first trundler. hit, which will hit. And on the second hit, ooh, natural 16 plus 7. Both attacks hit Asarna. This is not going to be fucking good. Oh, boy. Uh, okay. Here we go. Asarna off the bat takes, ooh, oh, God. Why is Asarna so low? Oh, because she fell into acid. Sarna takes 18 points of damage right off the bat. She down? She's not looking great, but if both attacks hit on a medium or smaller target, which is a Sarna, the target is grappled and she is, you watch as the two arms, boom, boom, slam down on top of her. Aye. The ooze fully covers her and like the tendrils that have been shooting out and creating like a raise to create shields fully takes Asarna and <laughs> absorbs her into what? its being. No. Excuse she me? is engulfed. She is blinded, restrained, and unable to breathe. Engulfed? Uh, you just watch as she is fully... <laughs> Pulled into Do her. Do we have any idea of where she is inside this being for melee attack purposes? You just watched these two arms reach so out, no. slam her, okay. and pull her into itself. And so no. it is going to use its movement to move 20 feet backwards towards you all. So you are within five Jeez. feet of it now. Fantastic. That is the end of its turn, Blaze. You are cool. Up. I would like to take my scimitar. Okay. I would like to go to the base of the nearest arm. Okay. To me, and I would like to slash down at it. Go for it. Uh, yeah, make That's an attack. That's a nineteen. Woo! Hits for sure. Roll damage. <laughs> That's an eleven. Ooh! <laughs> That's yes. a lot of damage, Blaze. Um, mm, mm, mm. You take your scimitar, you carve, you actually have to carve upwards because this thing is so tall in comparison to you. You carve upwards, you carve into the, one of this arms and you fully sever one of these arms. It is, it just- And I see Asarna's head roll into, sorry. Unfortunately, <laughs> yes, and you kill Asarna. No, you, you watch as you carve upwards into this arm and then this acidy sludge just rains down in its place and just sizzles into the concrete and stone beneath it. Um, Blaze, that's your action. Um, as my bonus, I want to throw my deck of cards at the, the base of the other arm. You will take this with disadvantage because you are in melee with it. Are you okay with that? Am I in melee range of its other arm though? Technically, even if what you're saying, which is like, I'm targeting something else, the rules of ranged attacks is if you are within five feet of any other hostile creature, mm. no matter if you're targeting them or not, you have disadvantage on the attack. So here's a question. Sure. Which is, technically my scimitar can be wielded with one hand. Mm -hmm. And I do have two up in fighting, so I could, in theory... Though I didn't say it, have your have hand my axe. scimitar in one hand and my hand axe sure. in the other, and now yeah, yeah. strike with my hand. You could axe. attack okay. with your hand axe um, for sure. It's not great, but let's try it. Uh, oh, attacking yeah. with your hand axe, I think uses strength. It does. It's plus one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it's a 14 to hit. Uh, unfortunately, you miss. You try to swing yeah, out with your so. hand axe, but this thing retracts some more, and its yeah, gloopy form just like literally forms a small cavern within itself where your axe would have hit, and you just pull back, unfortunately oh, missing. Cool. Um, great. That is Felix's turn. Felix is now up in melee with this. Uh, Felix turns to you and is like, should I get Asana or like, or should I attack it? Like, should I, what, what are we Can doing? Can you heal her? I don't know where she is. I, no, I can't heal her. I wish no, I could. attack the other arm. Attack the other arm. We can't risk it. All right. Uh, and Felix is going to uh, take two. I guess he has technically three attacks with his short swords. Um, he'll attack with the first one. That's a miss. <laughs> Uh, attacks with the second or the okay same one again that's a 16 to hit great it's 1d6 plus another d6 for the hex plus another d6 for his cold damage i need to do this one at a time actually so these d6s okay and the cold damage which is halved okay um felix does a strong 11 points of damage that and felix gets a third attack with his offhand fully misses okay uh felix slices tries to slice into it it's doing the same thing it's retracting you you see now this thing is mostly a mound of garbage with a small bit of sludge left and that small bit of sludge has now fully retracted the other arm and seems to just be encasing asarna within itself at the top of asarna's turn she needs to make a constitution saving throw. Six plus seven is 13. She needed to make a DC 14 constitution saving throw. So unfortunately, she's taking 2d8 plus four damage at the top of... Ooh, that's a that's bad okay. roll. 13 plus four is... Uh, you don't know it, but Asarna goes fully unconscious at the top of her turn. Cool. Um, she's gonna make a death save. Not twenty. She pops up Whoa, for one she HP. Pops up. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we always knew she was a fucking badass, huh? Are we joking? We we always knew that's incredible. At the top of her turn, she pops up for one HP. When you roll a nat twenty death save in our game. You have a full turn. You popped up for one HP. She's going to take her fucking turn. Oh my God. She's going to take her turn. <laughs> From within it. Okay. So she's blinded, restrained, and unable to breathe right now. Okay. Okay. Let's see what she can do. She's going to explode <laughs> in a display of light and fire. She'll take a rapier attack. Oh, but she's at disadvantage. She'll take a rapier attack at disadvantage and cast that same spell. Ooh, not with a natural five plus six is 11. Unfortunately, she misses. She's weak. She's weak. It's okay. She's, she's, she's just trying to stay alive. She's still fully unable to breathe. So, you know, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's um, rough you in see, there. You see this like black sludge, like starting to struggle. Like you see like, oh, it should have also taken damage for Felix's. The curse. Curse. Wait, is I that forgot. only after Felix's turn? No, it's whenever. So the way the curse works is actually it um, it takes a D8 of necrotic damage if it makes more than one melee or ranged attack during its turn, which it did last turn. Oh, fuck So yeah. I'm going to roll a D8. Five points of necrotic damage is not nothing. It takes five more points. 
the sludge around Asarna is looking like a film. Like you can almost see Asarna at the core of this thing trying to break out furiously, but it is just trying to contain her. It is such a small sludge in the center of this mound of garbage now. Um, Unfortunately, she can't get her rapier out in a good way to yeah. pierce through it, um, especially because she just was unconscious a second ago. Oh, well, yeah. Um, and that's her turn. This thing is going to take a turn. Oh, fuck. It also moved, um, which was dumb of me. It takes damage from Asarna's previous spell, which was Booming Blade, which it had uh, energy around it. So it takes another D8 of damage for because it moved. Okay, that's good. It only good. took one point of damage. So, yes, negligible mm, amount of damage. Good, well, good sure. for it and narrative yeah. purposes. Sure, sure, um, sure. It is going to now take two... Uh, yeah, it's gonna take uh, it's gonna take one attack because now it knows this curse is happening. Uh, it's gonna take an attack on you, Blaze. You see, like the f- small film around Asarna mm-hmm. just tries to coalesce into one more fist, and it's just gonna slam you with it. Plus seven to hit. Thirteen plus seven is a dirty twenty. Yep. Okay. Uh, Blaze, it's only. Uh, seven points of bludgeoning damage. Bring it. And that is this thing's turn. Blaze, you're up. I'm going to cast Thunder Wave. Wait, <laughs> hang on. Okay. I'm going to tell you is right now. Is there a way now, I can slash you're... my scimitar? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Oh, I was going to say, Thunder Wave wise, if you use Thunder Wave, you are going to hit, hit a Sarna. Sarna. Yeah, of course. Is there a way for me not to hit a Sarna if I use my scimitar? Yes, because this thing has like reached out another arm you can totally like try to slice it off i'm gonna slice that arm go for it roll for an attack 18 18 hits roll damage i'm so self-satisfied seven points of damage um blaze take your kill oh shit i mean honestly i don't think blaze knows what they're doing i think they slash downward completely amputate this appendage and kind of stand there, whip around, whip out their deck of cards ready to do something else and find that the sludge maybe has melted off from around Asarna and into uh, an inanimate puddle. That is exactly what happens. This thing reaches back, hits you. You feel the impact of this sludge monster. And as it's pushing you back, you pull back your scimitar, slash downwards, sever this arm, and you feel it melt downwards. You're ready. Your hand is at your deck of cards, ready to throw. And who knows, maybe you even throw one into the, into just into the trash, <laughs> just for fun. <laughs> and as you into see this small ball that was like almost like an egg on the top of this trash mound that was encasing Asarna has fully melted away. And you just, are all standing in this tunnel with a fully almost 10 foot mound of trash, like these hills of trash that have been collected and then sloughed off. My favorite word. Sloughed off. Sloughed off, um, (laughs) as you all have been fighting. Um, And Asarna is now just sitting at the top of one, just sputtering, spewing out like this black liquid that was in her lungs. Uh, I run up to her. Blaze runs up to her and casts Healing Word. Ooh, 
very nice. How much does she heal for? Because she is at one. She heals for three. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Wait, she heals for seven. She heals for okay, seven. Okay. She heals for seven. I was going to say, I feel like three is <laughs> your, really your base. It's really funny. It's like, here, I'll come help you. And then they touch her. They touch her. And like, it's a scab like forms on her upper arm. Truly. Like, she, you, she's like been beat and bruised like this thing like yeah. fully slammed her she's broken ribs and like one bruise on her knee like fades <laughs> to a dulled red like, yeah uh thanks thanks i uh, guess no i'm yeah uh i'm, I'm good it was seven it was seven no, so maybe seven's two bruises not bad. seven's not bad mm-hmm. um Felix like scrambles up after and is like, Asana, do you need my do you need my healing potion? She's like, No, I'm fine, Felix. It's honestly take again. It. You should take it. Just take it. Y'all, y'all, this is. Uh, I I don't know how to say this. Like, this is not the worst day I've ever had. Like, we're fine. Like, let's keep okay. going. Like, wow, right. good job, every this. I'm kind of. I don't say this lightly. Impressed. Like. Wow, that's I. Yeah. Thanks. I, I'm in, I'm impressed too. I mean, I, I always was impressed, but I'm particularly impressed. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Uh Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't quite carry as much weight because of my personality and who I am, and um, but I too am impressed. All right. Can we just leave? Let's get back up to the surface, right? That would be so fun. Yeah. Let's get up there. I would love that. You you all make your way easily enough, knowing where that ten foot hole is. You easily scale across. Asarna does take your advice and do does like a sideways belaying this time instead of jumping. Incredible. Good. Um, you get back into the cistern. Uh, Felix's rope that he had tied off. You all climb up easily enough, and you break the beautiful sunlit day. It is probably like three or four in the afternoon at this point. Um, And you're back on the surface and finally smelling fresh air again, which is a wonder at this point. So good. And, you know, you get to a point where you acclimate to a certain stench Mm -hmm. and you don't realize that it's there anymore until you smell the alternative. So, yes, And it smells so sweet. The specific courtyard of this residential area it has like beautiful flower beds and you can like smell the sweetness of the sm- flowers it almost smells mm. like too sweet to your nostrils at this point mm. um, you're just very overwhelmed uh, and Felix is like oh right I guess we should like go back and report to uh, if the evoker and is there anything else we need to do before we do that? I mean, Asarna, you have plenty of slime on you. I guess we could use that as a sampling. So I guess we just go. I mean, like, I'd rather not be, like, subjected to medical tests. But, like, I guess. Okay, you're or... right. Here. And Blaze takes out a little, uh, a little vial from yeah, Asarna their gave herbalism you a... kit. Oh, even better. Yeah, totally. And scrapes off a little bit of the goo into the vial. You know... That was um, great. I loved that experience. Great. I feel like we're closer now. Okay, let's go. We, are, we surely are. Totally. Yeah. Um, Blaze, roll me a perception check really quick. God, I can't wait for Blaze to become cool. Okay. <laughs> Don't we all? Uh, 22. <sighs> yes. Um, Blaze, that shopkeeper, no longer there. Just something you notice. I noticed. Um, 
Yeah, uh, you, Asarna, and Felix all make your way back to the Institute HQ. Um, you run up the steps uh, going towards your classroom, um, and you see Evoker Orta standing at the top of the steps entering the HQ, and she goes, Okay, so what happened? I need a full report in detail. Did you all complete your mission? So basically, we went... Yeah, we we completed the mission and we went, we found this well and we opened the well and then we went down into side the well and we found these tunnels that were branching off from the well that weren't supposed to be there and we followed the tunnels until we found this giant sludge monster that sort of trundled about and it was made of sludge and trash and then it attacked us and then we attacked it and then eventually we defeated it but here I have some bottled sludge from it and here it is and I, uh, Blaze holds it out and um, so we defeated it and it's dead now, it seems like it's gone but it was trying to get into the aqueduct and you probably want to send out a maintenance team because the grate that was kind of blocking off the aqueduct from the rest of the tunnel system um it has been burnt through felix just interjects really quick aquifer yeah aquifer. 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 sorry aquifer. yes that that um the grate that was protecting it from the rest of the system um it, the, the the sludge monster did kind of burn through it so it's gone now and you might want to send someone to check that out and rebuild it um but that's it and here's the sludge uh, Evoker Orta takes a breath and a beat uh, to take in this litany of information and she's like sludge monster alright sorry um, trun- trash trundler n- no oh, um, uh, I'm just gonna take this file from you Blaze. thank you very much you think this monster was the source of the smell and you've taken it out is what I'm gathering from this. It was definitely the source of the smell because when we got close enough to it, um, the smell was just overpowering and it was very clear it was the source of the smell. Well, I, we were not expecting that there was any kind of monster at the source of this. Um, you all have demonstrated a surprising amount of competency. Mm. I apologize that your reward might seem paltry in comparison. Um, and uh, Evoker Orta hands you each 50 gold. Let me add that to my currency. Woo! 50 gold? 50 gold. She hands you a potion of greater healing. Um, and then, Hannah, I need you to roll me a d10. Six. Uh, and then hands you a vial of black brackish liquid and says, this is a potion of necrotic resistance. Uh, and so you can uh, add that to your inventory as well. Excellent. So it will give you resistance against necrotic damage for an hour. That's fantastic. If there's anything else in your report, you all will need to obviously make a written report and submit it to the Caligen and the council. Um, but you can do that on your own time. The rest of the day is yours. Uh, and you have the rest of the day free. Felix turns to both of you and is like, wow, a whole rest of the day off? What do you all want to do? And Asarna immediately just turns on her heel and walks off without Mom's saying done. a word. Okay, bye. Um, she literally throws up just a hand like to say goodbye and continues to walk. Felix is like, oh, cool. Blaise, uh, 
everyone else is probably still in class. Do you want to, like, get a meal or, like, do you want to do something fun? We can do whatever you want. Sure. I mean, like, I don't, you know, you've been here longer in, in the, the Institute settlement than I have. Yeah. Um, what are your favorite things to do? I mean, I, I'd love to go. We could just get a quick bite. Yeah, let's get a quick bite. Yeah, the only place I've been to is Doreen's place, and I love it, but I, I don't, you know. What do you like? That's great. Um, Felix actually takes you to, um, whereas Doreen's place is more of like a cafe, uh, a sit down area. Mm -hmm. Felix takes you to a small little hole in the wall in the um, commercial district. And it is this like kebab place run by uh, an orc, um, which is basically just like meat on skewers and just like literally placed on a steaming hot plate that sizzles and just put in front of you. Felix is like, don't touch it. And you two just share a fun meal together and the day ends and you finish your first ever inner settlement mission as a light bringer. So Blaze, we're going to enter a period of downtime and training Kind of like what we did at the end of your last thing. I'm going to ask you uh, if you have any specific things, goals that you want to do, that you want to focus on. Are you okay? Yeah, that sounds amazing. I'm just picturing kebabs. Continue. Oh, sorry. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I'm going to ask you if you have any specific goals or things you want to focus on. I think we're going to do training first to kind of determine a few things. So... In your individual training sessions, as your classes resume after this mission, the norm resumes, uh, Evoker Orta stands before you in your training room and says, all right, Blaze, what else do you feel like you need to focus on? Is it more hand-to-hand combat? We can continue training. You watch as she's wrapping her knuckles in wraps. No, um, I mean, yes, I would love more of that too, but I was thinking... When we fought the sludge trendler, um, I lost, I lost Shep and, and maybe we could train Shep for a little while. I would love it if there were more things that Shep and I knew how to do together. I would love if there were more things that Shep maybe felt inclined to do in battle and was trained to do. So I'd, I'd love to work on that a little bit if that's something that, you know, you think would be beneficial. I will be honest with you. I, with your magics, I am not a expert. So I will need to observe you and this spirit that you summon uh, Uh fairly extensively before I can make any determinations of what its abilities are and how we can maybe manifest them in different ways. Uh, And so Evoker Order essentially puts you and Shep through a long process of different skill challenges. Like she sets up an obstacle course. She asks you to essentially push the limits of your bond with Shep. She like tests how far you all, you both can go from each other. She tests like how your commands work and she takes like a ton of notes. She's, she's very meticulous about it. Uh, And one day after a few days of her just essentially observing you and Shep comes back to you and she's like, I have a few options. I think 
based on the fire nature of this elemental spirit that we might be able to tap into, and you will have to choose which we focus on. The first of which is utilizing its own form to create a kind of breath weapon. Think of like a dragon being able to unleash its fire upon uh, a group of enemies, perhaps. Okay. Or? Another uh, option I could see is I've only seen it attack Mm -hmm. from range. You're right. I could see specifically in the form that uh, Shep takes, I could see a kind of stampeding element that would allow it to make a melee attack, but it would need to move beforehand to utilize all six of its legs. Mm, Okay. Uh, Another thing I could see is allowing its fiery nature to set aflame the area from which it moves and create a kind of area of fire in its wake. And the final thing I could think of, again, this is, I would, I will say, Blaze, for you, hmm. this spirit's abilities seem to be only as constrained as your imagination, or perhaps mine in this scenario, hmm. can create or think of, as well as your willpower and your Mm. own personal strength. Your imagination is a strong strength of yours, and it only has to be supplemented with how badly you want it and how badly you want to work for it. The last thing I can think of is is smire, oh my god, help, (laughs) is fire creates smoke. And perhaps a smokescreen of sorts could be created from Shep. Those are the four options I could see. Smokescreen. That sounds incredible. It sounds incredibly useful. It sounds very in line with Shep's personality, even though I know that it's not a factor for you especially. But that sounds incredible. How do we approach that? Blaze, uh, this training is going to be just like the last. We're going to set it as a DC 20 training check. You're going to make a wisdom roll plus proficiency. Don't roll yet. On a 10 or higher, uh, you will make some progress on this. On a 15 or higher, you will make a lot of progress on this. On a 20 or higher, you will get the skill automatically. So you're going to do D20 plus your wisdom plus your proficiency. So I think it's plus six. Yup. Okay. 19. Oh, 19 19 with mods? 19 with mods. Oh, Um, I will say that is high enough that I will give you a few options to improve Shep otherwise on your journey to getting the skill. You can choose to either have flame seed instead of being plus four uh-huh. be your spell attack modifier to hit instead, okay. which should be plus seven, seven? or eight, mm-hmm. six maybe. You can choose when Shep is summoned 
if they fail the deck save, they take half damage instead of taking no damage. Mm, okay. Or you can choose if they fail the deck save for the fiery teleportation, they can take half damage instead of no damage. No, flame seed plus Great. seven to hit. Great. Your plus, f- I think it's six. Hang on, let me see. It is plus six. You're Great. right. So flame seed will now go from a plus four to a plus six to hit. Hell yeah. You and Evoker Orta Hell and yeah. Shep um, go through a very intense process of Evoker Orta basically has you expend all of your magical energy channeling through Shep to make Shep's form burn hotter and brighter to create enough smoke off of his form. And you're feeling like you almost have it, but it takes weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Months of the year start flying by. As you're sloughing off, if you will, sloughing off, if you will, and you even have to spend your some of your one days off, your like Sundays off. Uh, Evoker orders like if you are serious about this, you have to come in and you have to practice with Shep every single day. I will. Um. So that is going to reduce some of your downtime activities. So if you have anything you want to do in this time, whether it's shopping for things with your new gold or meeting people, any of your friends. I want to go to the church where I know 14 hangs out and not because I want to go to church, but because I know that's where 14 hangs out. Take me to church. Okay. Take me to church. Blaze. Um... Okay, on your very few Sundays off, one of your only ones that you decide not to spend the day focusing and training with Shep, uh, Blaze, what time do you go to church? I go to church in the morning. I don't think Blaze can necessarily sleep that well for whatever reason the night before. And they get up early and they head over. Okay. Um, Blaze, you head to the center square cobblestone squares we've been calling it where you first sparked where you had your first trials of light um where this edifice of a temple to worship the light is found um very early on in the morning the light of the sun is just cresting above the uh walls of the settlement and over the buildings and is illuminating this rectangular edifice that seems to be made of pure white stone. It almost looks like there was a pillar of strange white stone that erupted from this earth that was then carved here uh, to resemble a building because it stands in stark contrast to the gray cobblestones as well as the rest of the buildings that are made from either wood or the same kinds of stones that you would naturally find in the area but Mm -hmm. this stone this white alabaster stone seems so foreign in this place and it's almost unimaginable as to how it got here it is a rectangular building that stretches further back that has a few alabaster steps leading up to it 
there is a dome in the middle of the building that arcs almost as high as the building itself. The building is probably two stories high. The stairs leading up to it leads half a story up. And as you walk up the stairs, you see the two 15-foot towering doors are pushed open as they always seem to be at any time of the day or night. What's strange about this building is that it does not seem to have any windows at any point alongside its masonry. Mm. However, as you walk up these stairs, as you ascend the final step and look in, strangely for a building that has no windows, the interior of this space is riddled with light. It is gleaming from almost every single, again, alabaster of the same (laughs) stone surface. It is almost as if somehow this stone is almost translucent in its nature to allow the daylight to penetrate it. And it almost bounces off of every single surface. And not only that, But it's almost as if the light is prismatic in how it enters through the walls of this building. There are arrays of multicolored, phantasmagorical light just streaming off of every surface, reflecting and rebounding in this space. It is almost hard to look at any one thing for too long or else your eyes begin to hurt. And as you crest through the entrance of this door, you start to hear a voice speaking, but you are just so taken in with these strange sights of which you've never seen before. You've never entered this temple before. Um, Inside the temple interior, there are columns that line the center hallway of this large rectangular building ending at the very back point is a multi-tiered platform uh, at the very top you can see a an elven man dressed in long white garb that flows down to far past his knees that trails past his hands even um He stands at the very apex of this multi-tiered platform, and you see on each of the rings of these platforms are worshippers sitting, kneeling on their knees, facing upwards at this platform, rounding out each one of these tiers. And you look up and see the interior of the dome structure as the words don't even really ring in your ears as meaning anything you look up and you see it almost looks painted from as far down as you are because of its detail. But upon squinting your eyes and closer inspection, you can see it's actually made of individually stained glass work. You see four figures, humanoid, raising their arms towards the center. At the apex of this dome, is a circle, inside the circle is a diamond shape, and radiating outwards are thousands of minuscule multicolored lines of light radiating and just cresting the fingertips of these figures 
reaching towards it. And as you start to take this all in and start to process it, the words that are being spoken in this room that are echoing in this large space finally start to hit your eardrums and you start to actually process what they're saying. And you hear this voice saying, as it is today, as it has been, blessed are we who are so free to walk this world, these halls without fear, for we live in the direct protection of the light. We feel its power without suffering its wrath. We are the fortunate. We are the few. Those who do not live within these walls, in the far-flung settlements, they live in fear of the light. For at its core, the light represents balance, duality. What is pleasure without pain? What is contentment without suffering? What is safety without the constant threat of danger? It is with these peoples, these in fear, that our prayer should be. It is for these people that our actions must be that of the virtuous, the compassionate, and full of the ardor that the radiance had. And you watch as this figure on this platform gestures to the dome that you were just looking at when they implored the light to grant them their power right here in the very square that most of us pass through every single day. The square of sparking, not just a name, but the only place in the world in which the light bestows its gift. The only place where the harbingers of light can be born. Blessed are we to even share this space, this holy ground, and we must continue to act in ways to prove that we are worthy. And as these words bring in your ears, uh, you hear another voice in your ear, your left ear, very close, hot breath in your ear that says, I didn't take you for a Luxian place. Perhaps I have judged a book by its cover. Uh, which I'm told not to do. And you turn, and to your left is 14, standing there in the doorway with you. Oh, um, I... I don't have much experience with this, but I thought... uh, I don't know, I just... Something called me here this morning, and so I followed it, and I thought I'd see what it's all about. And I'm not a Luxian, but I am enjoying learning about whatever it is I'm witnessing right now, so... Nice to see you. Nice to see you as well. The Luminarch should be done soon. If you want to stay for the rest of the sermon, feel free. Or we could um, perhaps sit on the stairs and chat a while uh, while he finishes. Uh, you don't You don't need to stay for the whole thing? or it, It's a hard thing. Uh being Luxian, but also being a point of worship, I, I find that sometimes my, and most likely yours, if you continue to stay here, presence seems to distract the congregation more than anything else, which is why I don't usually partake in sermons. Good job. Um, yeah, let's go talk outside. All right. 
You two descend the steps. 14 pulls you over essentially right at the first step down and pulls you like to the side of the building where mm -hmm. the congregation, once they file through at the end of the sermon, might not pass you by. It says, mm -hmm. so you're curious about Luxinity. I, gosh, I, I just feel like a fool. I feel like I, I, I had so many assumptions about who you were, Blaze, and you've seemed to deviate from them at every step. <laughs> I don't really know how to respond to that, but um, I do have a question for you, which is, you said you don't partake in sermons a lot, so what brings you here this morning? I come here on my days off to attempt to help the temple however I can. So I try to stay in the shadows. I do a little cleaning here and there, or whatever I can do to help out. I just, uh, I come to hear the sermons sometimes mm. because it reminds mm. me of home, so but... Uh, that's, That's what brings you here this morning, I mean, in particular? You just felt like hearing something that reminds you of home? Yes, I um, I, I come here most days off, and I, I listen at the back. I'm intrigued to see you here. You say you're not a Luxian. Um, no. I hope you don't mind me asking. Uh, I, we fought alongside each other and against each other for so many weeks now, and I, I feel foolish for not knowing um what settlement are you from place oh i i mean i don't no one really knows it it's called bratha i don't know if um oh uh bratha it's the westernmost farming settlement yes um, yeah yeah no one no one knows it so that's um yeah that's that's it yeah bratha um Remind me, is Luxinity a powerful force there? No. I, I don't know the religious no nature of... <laughs> Not at all. Um, like, my grandmother's partner was a Luxian, but, I, you know, they, they died long before I came around, and I... Yeah, my grandmother was, wasn't a Luxian, so I... Uh, I honestly didn't know any. It was not a big force in Bratha at all. Mm. But, um... It typically isn't in the farming settlements. It, it, you, yeah. Occasionally, you do get far-flung settlements where there is a kind of ardor. <laughs> sure. Um, where are you from? Uh, I am from Sever. Uh, and Blaze, I need you to roll me a history check. Ten. Uh, sorry, 12, 12. Ooh, nice. Uh, and then an insight check as well with disadvantage because you're Blaze. An eight. Okay. Yikes. Drink for that. And then, uh, okay. With it, with the 12, uh, you know, sever from your classes with, uh, Evoker Orda and Zola at night. Um, sever is is one of the closest, if not the closest settlement to the Institute. Um, and it's actually the only settlement you passed on your trek huh. with your proctor from Bratha to the Institute. You didn't get a good look at the settlement because it's behind 80 foot walls, but you did pass by and you do know that it is a highly religious uh, settlement. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Are your parents Lux... Um, I don't know the terms. Please help. Uh, Luxians. Luxians. Are they Luxians? 
I, uh, I never knew uh, my parents, actually. And you, you see he really? turns a little inward at this, and he says, um, I, 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 yes, I, I grew up in the church, uh, perhaps not of my own accord, but uh, the church mm. was my family. I was uh, uh, essentially an orphan. I don't remember my parents or know where they came from or who they were. Um, that makes sense. But uh, yes, I spent most of my childhood in the church. And then when I revealed my potential to become a spark, uh, the game sort of changed, mm-hmm. as you will. And yeah, for me too. The worshiper became the worshipy, and it <laughs> all went downhill from there, if I'm being honest. Yeah. There's a certain comfort in being part of something and a certain discomfort in being above something so I would imagine it just must have felt odd to be alienated in being elevated you know I get that um, I'm not being super clear with my words but I get that and um but yeah no I just came up here this morning because the church I mean this temple I don't know the word but it's beautiful it's it's absolutely beautiful so um just thought I'd check it out and I'm, I'm glad I ran into you you're so interesting Blaze. I feel like <laughs> interesting it's perhaps not the best adjective I could have used but I'm flattered by it you seem to have this kind of amicability that I is rarely seen in especially our classmates it seems that you seem to ingratiate yourself with almost Everyone. I, I I heard even from your small stint with Asarna and Felix that you've even won Asarna over, and she is, let me tell you, notoriously cold-hearted. <laughs> it's kind of a marvel. That was place. just a lucky roll. I mean, that was just a lucky <laughs> moment, and, and I happened to hit on something that resonated with her, but no, I... I um... And Felix looks up to you as well. <laughs> I look up to him, so that's... Could I give you one piece of advice? Of course. I don't know whether I'll... Yes, please. As as he says this, you hear large bells uh, start chiming uh, at the hour. It is now midday, noon. And over the din of the bells, he leans close and says to you, be you, Blaze. Don't be who you think you should be for everyone. Because I bet there's someone great underneath that all. And 14 rises at this, and as he does so, the congregation starts to descend the steps, and he kind of sidles behind one of the pillars that stands on either side of the entrance of these large stone doorways, Um, he stands there for a while as the congregation leaves, if you have any retort, but he definitely moves away from you after saying this and lets the congregation pass for a moment. No, if he's moved away, Blaze will move on. Uh, you take your leave, uh, melding in with the congregation as they flow down the steps as seemingly the service has ended. I do want to wave, though, cheekily. Uh, you cheekily wave. Um, make a cheeky check. Roll a d20. 
I'd and love to make a cheeky check. Add your tell pers- you. add your charisma. Do a charisma or a persuasion check or an intimidation. Do an intimidation because that's kind of fun. Intimidation. I don't know, right? You're kind of being cheeky. Okay, let's do it. That's an eighteen. Uh, you throw a hand back and cheekily wave, and you see fourteen clock it. Uh. There is a small half smile on his face and he turns and enters into the temple. Uh, Blaze, where are you making your way for the rest of the day? I actually think I'm probably going to go find Zola and try and convince her to come to Doreen's place with me um, for like dinner and just have like a casual evening and hang out and maybe see um, Kit. And just kind of hang. Amazing. Um, it'll be chill. Yeah. Uh, as you make your way to the library, um, you set out on a mission, set out to the library. The library is like off the, a little bit off the main drag. It's near the Institute HQ and it's in, it's situated within the residential sector. Um, so it's fairly close to your own home abode. Um, so as you're walking familiar streets, you turn into a familiar alley that you've taken. You know it's a shortcut. You turn down, sure. and all of a sudden, you feel a yank on your leather jerkin. And you are pulled into another side alley. A hand shoots out, covers your mouth, and you hear in your ear, don't scream. And then you hear the words... I'm trying to pull a little prank on uh, Princess Magdalena, and I think you're just the halfling to help me out with it. And you look, and you see the shaggy mane of hair and smile of Tannis holding her hand over your mouth. And that is where we're going to end the episode for tonight. Or that's where we would end the episode. Instead, we quickly wander through these side streets, only a stone's throw from where Blaise and Tannis stand in this back alley, to the Institute HQ. Up the stairs, through the double doors, up the central staircase to the wood-paneled room directly at the top of the staircase with the giant U-shaped table. Inside this room, sit five individuals. At the center of the table is the Caligen. Seated to his right and left are four figures all clad in beautiful gleaming armor, each giving off a different slight hue of color. We see the familiar armor of Radiant Dawn to his left. To his right sits a figure clad in blue armor, whereas Radiant Dawn's armor is twisted inward to form circles and almost a corded, braided look. This figure is wearing armor that seems almost scaled like a beast, whose pauldrons give off a feathered effect. Next down the line is a figure clad in green armor that clings tightly to the body instead of rounding outwards like a typical breastplate. Spines emerge from various points along this armor, often at harsh angles. The two green pauldrons on either shoulder jut upwards, coming into large spikes that shoot vertically on either side of the helmeted head. 
Finally, seated next to Radiant Dawn is a figure clad in lightly yellow armor that almost gleams gold in this light, whose armor almost radiates like a halo around themselves. Each of the individual's helms, which they all wear, obscuring the identity of the individual beneath, is similarly distinct, each reflecting the nature of the armor that they wear. Standing before this ominous group is Evoker Orda in her long leather duster and simple leather armor beneath. For someone who gives off such an intimidating presence herself, that presence is dwarfed with the auras of regality, formality, and power that sit before her. The Caligan speaks. That is very good, Evoker. You've done well. You may be excused now. She bows. Yes, of course, Caligan, council members. Thank you. She turns on her heel and walks out the door, closing it behind her. The room is filled with a certain tension. The wall behind these individuals is windowed, facing the wall of the settlement. Light does leak in, but only reflected and refracted from the pale gray of the wall behind it. The Caligan folds his hands, interlacing his fingers before his face, and says, So, with this new information that has come to light thanks to the Evoker's observations of young Blaise Jamjar, we, the Council, must now come to some decisions of what to do. I believe that Radiant Dawn will have plenty to say and plenty of plans that she would want to enact. So perhaps we start with anyone else. There's shifting, small clanking and scraping of bits of armor pushing together as a few of these other four individuals shift in their seats. From beneath one of the helms to the Caligan's right comes a... <clears throat> The Caligan turns, seeming to address the figure clad in blue armor, and says, Radiant Beort, do you have something you would like to add? We hear the scraping of wood and the clanking of armor as Radiant Beort stands to their full height. Both gauntlets placed upon the table. Seemingly ready to take a speech, we watch the armor slightly expand as they begin to inhale and all of a sudden the doors that Evoker Order has just left only moments ago burst open. Now we hear screeches and scrapes of chairs, clanking of armor as all four of the figures stand, hands towards hilt. Radiant Dawn's voice booms out across the room and says, You are entering a council meeting. State yourself. A thin, reedy figure with a bow strung over his back, a drow, enters the room, his silver hair tied up into a high ponytail. Out of breath, he stands before this imposing sight of these four figures and says, I have a message to relay for the council. And that's where we're going to end our episode for tonight. 
Wow, Hannah, what a good job you did tonight. You did I the thing. I really didn't about. think you would have Jason, done the thing. Jason, what are you talking about? <laughs> Jason, what are you talking about? Jason, are you with me? I'm with you. I'm with you. Can we say it in unison? Oh, no. Three, two, one. Don't, Don't D and D and D. We did it so good. So good. <laughs> but also, please drink responsibly. We love you all so much. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god And that's where we ended That's the end of the podcast The podcast (laughs) never continues past this point I know I've cancelled it four times already It's amazing God I love this show (laughs) Da na 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 na